Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Chronic Relief sponsored by Kush Queen. Uh, feel free to use the promo code Chronic Relief at checkout for 15% off. I'm very excited because today we have a really dope guest and um, I'm just going to welcome him. Please welcome to the podcast comedian Alex Hooper. I feel very welcome. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Well, we, oh, you're very welcome. I've wanted to have you on for actually a while. Um, and we just got very stoned in the back. We rolled a blunt of some, it was, it's like sour hour. I don't know. I got it from the kind center and I just wanted to get a little stony before. Well, I feel, extra, I feel extra kind I from feel, it. So. You do? Okay, perfect. Yeah. It's working. The brand is working. So I, we've been like friends on social media and like, I've seen you around like for as long as I've uh, yeah I call, I call it comedy friends you yeah know? like we're not you're not going to be the first person I'm like oh I'm going to this thing let me call Rachel totally but every time we see each other it's always like I get a nice little lift in yeah. my day and it's like hey yeah and like honestly I always want to spend more time with you and like get to know you more and we've done a couple shows together we did a I think was it Lexus Fox's show it was a show at El Cid we had together right oh yeah was yeah, that yeah. the highest Fox show um, or was it the, the, the shit show The shit show shit with show. Abdullah, who we just had on last week? That was our other guest. It was a great guest as well. Very dope. Um, and just from like watching and seeing you on social media, I noticed you also have a podcast called Achilles Heel. Yeah. And that's I'm going to be a guest next week. I'm yeah. very excited. And um, which is cool because I want to come on and talk about depression. Which By all is means, yeah. A, I think, perfect thing for me to talk about that's my biggest demon and this podcast is all about mental health comedy and weed um and we you know get off topic of course because that's just very on brand for me as well but I love talking to comedians about I mean anything but I think mental health is something that just doesn't get talked about enough. I agree. And I think that we all have mental health as human beings and it's just not something that we put as a priority and I love self-care. So I'm always like interested in how comedians um, take care of themselves and what they've gone through as far as, you know, adversity and just really kind of, um, you know, overcoming the challenges of being in this industry. Like you, I saw your video on America's Got Talent, the mm -hmm. roast, which is so to me amazing. Thank you. And then like to hear how you deal with the haters, I guess, if you will call them. But yeah, they, that's what they are. But they're confused fans because if they take the time out of their day. Oh, for sure. That's and my I favorite just thing. I admire and love the way that you handle that. And I definitely want to talk a little bit about that. Well, I think, you know, when, when you get, when you do something that's in the national spotlight and people see it, people are always going to shit on it. No matter what, there's always going to be a subset of people that are just angry and upset and they just want to let you know. But the fact that anyone gets so upset that they have to take time out of their day, Google who I am, mm -hmm. find me in some sort of way through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that, and then take the time to send me a message like... I affected you that much. It's admiration. It it truly is. And I, and whereas a lot of people, all they, like a lot of people, are like, I don't know why you don't just shit all over these people. You're so good at it. And I was like, because that's what these people want me to do. Mm -hmm. They reach out and they're like, hey, you fucking loser. I hate you. You're so dumb. And all they want is for me to go, fuck you, dude. And if I give them that, right. then they win. Right. So instead I go the exact opposite way and I turn it towards them and I make it very centric on like, hey, well, 
what's going on? Clearly you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you took the time out of your day to look up who I am. And I really appreciate that. And just know that like I resonate positivity and light. And I think you could do the same. And I think really you need to go inside yourself and explore who you are and why you're so angry and like messages like that. So I basically just try to turn that uh, completely around on them mm -hmm. and make it this thing of like, uh, of just like, Hey, this is a very hurt person. Mm -hmm. Clearly this is not some little bitch. I mean, they are, but they're also in a lot of pain. And yeah. how can I maybe give them a, an outlet to be like, hey, you don't have to do this. Right. Yeah. Well, I also noticed um, Sarah Silverman is really good at that as yes, well. Yes, she is. And yeah. her stuff will go viral, you know, like that gets also a very positive reaction. The responses like I've seen that's how it popped up on my feed is it got so many likes and comments and views your response to these people. And I think like for me, I get a I, you know, I get a lot of positive comments for the most part but like anytime I get that comment my initial reaction is to respond with something funny not necessarily mean totally um but uh, I do sometimes get sucked in, but I've gotten better at it. Like, you know, not everything deserves a response. And uh, I don't want to give them anything funny. Right. I don't want to take the time to go, what would be funny right here? Like, right. you don't deserve, you don't deserve yeah. me to actually contemplate a joke for you. Well, the thing is, is like, sometimes I get them though. Like someone, someone one time come, came on my profile and said that weed jokes are the lowest form of humor. And I said, okay. well, technically it's the highest uh, and I got him, go. you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'll, I love that. Yeah. And like, um, I got some guy on a YouTube comment once and it's just like, you know, I don't always get him. You know what I mean? But it is a lesson in like, I, I don't ever want to go mean anymore. You no, know what I mean? It, it just, doesn't, it, it doesn't takes away from anything. me too. And then you're right. Like they win. Yeah. They, they win. And also it kind of like, it kind of like, I think puts a little sour note on the person you're trying to present yourself as, right? Like you don't want to be this bitch stoner chick who like, you know, yeah. you don't want people to, you don't want to come across that way. Mm -hmm. And people, the more you give in to these people, the more messages you'll get because people are like, oh, look, she answers these all the time. Right. Like, now I'll do it. Now right. I'll do it. Right. I want the exact opposite to happen. I want only messages of positivity. And every once in a while, if some angry little, like, 14-year-old kid gets through, then that's fine. Where are you from? Baltimore. So, East Coast, basically. Yeah, Bodymore Murderland. Oh, Grew up yeah. there until I was 19. So you watched The Wire? Of course. Oh, yeah. I've watched it all the way through multiple times. Is that an accurate description of, like, where you grew up? Uh, I grew up 20 minutes from The Wire. Okay. So I could be in The Wire in 20 minutes, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> it's as far as accuracy of that show goes, it is so accurate it is terrifying yeah yeah there's no exaggeration ever done on that show of any of any statistics numbers um gang related incidents drugs it's all so realistic that that's why it's that's why it it's successful. so good yeah. yeah um so did you start comedy out there no i started here uh i went to school in pittsburgh and i started doing acting stuff and i did a couple movies um and i joined the screen actors guild while i was in college and so i moved out here to try to make it big in hollywood and uh six months after i moved here i was like bored because like acting jobs like i was getting a couple but like i have like two lines and I was so unfulfilled creatively and a friend of mine pushed me into stand up and then as soon as I did it I was like oh there's no going 
going back. This is all I want to do now for the rest of my life. Were you a creative kid? Like, is this something you always wanted to do as a kid? I So I didn't. Yes, I was creative, but I had no outlet whatsoever to get that out of me, which is why I was such a fuck up uh, when I was younger. I was I mean, my parents had they were very patient with me, but I mean, they I put them through hell on on earth. Like I was that kid who I would break things. I would destroy things. I would shut down. I would curse at them. I wouldn't do any of my work. I would just, I was literally just, I was in the mood for destruction all of the time. Well, you didn't have a healthy creative outlet. No. And I would do theater and stuff like that. Like I went to like a high school, like I went to a magnet school for like acting and stuff like that. Cause my parents were like, we got to get him into something that he'll enjoy, but it still wasn't enough. I was still in school and I never had anything that I was really, really like this is my thing and like I played sports and I rollerbladed for many years like my friends and I would like go downtown Baltimore and like you know and skate and that was really fun and but I still like there was something in me that was just so confused Mm -hmm. and just all of this energy because obviously anyone who knows me knows I have a shit ton of energy but just imagine if that had no focus whatsoever so I'm just a demon child running around just causing hell wherever I can. So comedy kind of helped you channel that energy it's the best thing that ever happened to me it's like literally like yeah as soon as i found stand-up i was like oh here we go mm-hmm. and like I, it calmed me the fuck down so hard like immediately like the first few months of doing stand-up i just noticed i was such a different person off stage that i was like i i wasn't getting angry anymore and i was so much more chill and it's because i was allowing all of my manicness to like fo- to just you know, subterfuge into one thing. I totally can relate to that. That's beautiful. If you, I mean, I tell everybody. Like, I think it's changed my brain. It definitely has. I mean, I tell anyone like if you, you have to go after your dreams, otherwise that is going to haunt you forever. Yeah. But also like that's the only way you're ever really going to find out who you are. The yeah. things I've learned about myself because of stand up comedy are astronomical the growth I've gone through and I and it's ever changing and uh, part of it is just allowing myself to change and not be afraid of it anymore I think my whole life I just spent just like resisting every single thing that was different Mm -hmm. and instead when I started opening my arms to the world and saying hey universe I'm here I'm your sweet little boy what do you got what do you got for me all of a sudden things just got better yeah well what about your first moment like on stage even like what brought you to that moment you know i i wanted to do stand up for a really long time and i never just I, I just it was one of those things where like i didn't know how and i never took the time to research it um of like i mean i went when i was uh, went to school in pittsburgh i worked at just ducky tours you know what duck boats are mm-hmm. so i worked on the duck boats and i did tours like six times a day for 3 years like in total i did like 1500 tours around the you city of pittsburgh you know a lot about ducks about ducks themselves? No. Okay. Not a lot. I know a lot about duck boats, okay. you know, and how they were built and things like that. I okay. know very useless information. Dope. Why do you want to know if I know a lot about ducks? I just like, I mean, I feel like that you would absorb a healthy amount of information about the, like, ducks. You do. You get more duck jokes than anything else. Like, you know, why, do you, uh, how do you turn a duck into a soul singer? Put it in the microwave till it's Bill Withers. <laughs> you know, like stupid jokes like that. I feel like... You that was like an open mic stage. That's like practicing material. Like you're up yeah. in front of average people doing forty to minutes them. to an hour per tour. Yeah, multiple times. And you have a day. to insert some of your personality in there. Hundred percent. Otherwise, they're not going to tip you. Uh, um, when I got on stage for the first time to do stand up, I was I talked way too fast, which I do anyway. Still, I've had to really mm-hmm. slow myself down, but. 
I was pretty comfortable up there just yeah. because I'd spent so much time in front of people, like doing plays and then doing tour guiding and things like that. So I was just like, when I finally got up there to do stand up, it was just a matter of time. And just like, I needed, I needed to do it. And it forced me to sit down and actually write jokes out instead yeah. of just thinking them and just throwing them away. So did a bird ever shit on you while you were giving a tour? I have had a bird shit. Yep, right under a bridge. Yep, one hundred percent. Going under the Smithfield Street Bridge. Anyone who knows Pittsburgh will know exactly where that is. And one hundred percent, a bird shit on me. And my boss was like, "You know, that's good luck." And oh, I was like, God. "It's in my fucking mouth, yeah, dude. There is no good luck it. to be had from this." Yeah. I am. It looks like somebody dropped a bucket of oh. whiteout over my head. Oh this my is God. brutal. You were in the middle of a tour, so yep, people saw it. One hundred percent. Yeah, everyone saw it. Did you have to play it off? Um, you know, I mean, play it all. I mean, there was no going back you just from had that. To accept it that. was literally like, well, everybody, I'm now covered in bird poop, and uh, <laughs> over there, that's going to be the PPG building, yeah. uh, built in 1983. Like it was just like, and don't forget the tip bucket on the way out. Oh, 100. <laughs> I think I probably did pretty well on that tour yeah, as far I can as imagine. tips go. Like you should literally have worked something out with a bird each time. That yeah, right. felt like they would have tipped. I'll you just give you a cut, dude. You can have yeah. as many seeds as you want. Yeah, for sure, that would have been so funny. Um. So then you're okay. So, so you were doing the duck tours. Yep. And then like, again, what brought you to the stage? Um, well, I mean, I was already doing like plays and things like that. Um, and then I started to do movies. Um, like I did a couple movies in Pittsburgh, uh, like movies, like I was cut out of Adventureland. That was the first movie I was ever oh, cast wow. in. Like I, I, I got cut out of a lot of stuff, but like just a couple things here and there. But when I moved to LA, a friend of mine was just like, dude, you gotta do stand up. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know. He's like, I'm doing it here. Like I can show you what to do. And basically he was doing bringer shows like where you say, I'll bring you five people and then you can have five minutes of stage time. So that's what I did. He was like, I can book you on the show. And I was like, okay, when? He's like, well, I already booked you. You're in two weeks. And I was like, oh, so I'm doing this. He's like, you're doing it. And was it? At, it was a place called uh, the Aura Nightclub. It's in Studio City on Ventura Boulevard. Oh, wow. It then turned into the Spotlight Comedy Club, and now it's back to something called like Rain or something like that. Um, it's now a, a strip club. Yes, yeah, it's it's some weird ass dance club that only exists on like Friday and Saturday night. Um, okay. But, yeah, but how was that? It was great. You know, it was so it was that exhilarating thing of like, there's probably 60 people in the audience. They knew it was my first time. The host told him it was my first time. And as far as the first time goes, I had written clear jokes like, you know, these were they weren't the best, but I had taken the time to learn them and memorize them. And I had six minutes of jokes and punchlines and premises. And I got and I got such a good response that I literally walked off stage and like called my mom and I was like, (laughs) I. I, that, that was the first thing I was like I, I found it like I did I, this is it this is what I'm gonna do forever the rest of your life forever yeah. I, I knew so quickly Ooh, did you hear that whistling ass sounded good yeah sorry about that no I liked it um, that's really cool Oh man! A lot of people don't have that experience. I I wish more people would. I think there's that definitive moment in someone's life when you go, oh, like I have purpose yeah. now. And I've talked to so many people about it because I've talked to so many younger people about like, how do you, they're like, how did you know? And like, you don't, you explore options. You kind of follow curiosities and you take classes and find, pick up hobbies and meet people that from different backgrounds that do different things. And you just keep trying things until you find something that suits you enough where you go this is what I want to invest in this yeah. is the where I want to put my time and my energy and this is I, I think I can contribute something yeah. to this 
I kind of share the same experience. Like I, in all of my twenties did all these corporate jobs. I went to college. I did everything, you know, what other people expected of me. And I was so unhappy. And then just something inside me was like, do stand up. But I was always, you know, told I was funny as a kid. And then my friend did stand up and she was the one she was like, go, you should do it. And it wasn't until that I started doing it that I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like it gave me purpose. It was like I was wandering aimlessly through this earth. You know, I was so depressed before stand up. Like I still, I still have like my bouts of depression, but it's like, it's not about my purpose so much anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stand up has been like a great savior for, I think anyone, I think anyone who finds it would probably attest to that. And anyone who finds it and, and falls in love and stays in it because all of a sudden, like it just, it really does allow you to explore why you're so fucked up and what, and the things that hurt you the most. And it just allows you to kind of grow past those things and use all your experiences in your life to just find a way to laugh at the world. Right. And I think a lot of people, so many people dwell in their pain and instead of us, like we do, but then we find a way to work through it so we can then talk about it and relay our experiences to other people. And I think that's why people love comedians so much yeah. is because they won't talk about, they will, most people will never talk about this shit. Right. That's why, I mean, that's literally what my podcast is. It's what's the one thing that you want to discuss that's the last thing you ever would bring up in a conversation. Right. That That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like, and find a way to make it funny. Like, obviously you just said you're going to come on and talk about depression. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Isn't suicide attempts so silly? They can be. Right. And we find ways to laugh at them because that's what we fucking do. Yeah. Like that was so this has been so so healing for me is, you know, finding the humor in my pain. And like because like I see the world like I have such a dark. I go dark very easily. But like, you know, I think that's why I'm able to find the funny in it. And it allows me to do that. So I'm not, I'm grateful for how I, view things. I love the dark stuff. You know? I love I love dark everything. Like I love nighttime. I love dark music. Like yeah. you know, I love like gothic techno stuff. Like <laughs> 3 a.m. in a warehouse with only a white strobe light kind of stuff. I love dark jokes. Which like, is I, so funny because I you are always wearing colors and or like, you know, you you're I I, I, I see color when I'm when I sure. think of you. I straddle the line of being like in a depressive hole or being sliding down a rainbow. <laughs> like I'm really like because I love both sides of it. Like I love happy disco music too. And I love like things that like make me feel brighter and sillier and like, you know, rainbow costumes and things like that. And then at the same time, I just, I, there's a part of me that never left this depressive little boy that was so confused and angry at the world. Like there's a little piece of him still in there that I kind of harness those powers of the darkness and like find a way to like take him back to a place of happiness. Were you diagnosed? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Your parents took you to a doctor? Oh, God. I I mean, I was on so many. I was on. I was in and out of hospitals many times. I went to so many different things. I I used to destroy therapist's office. I destroyed a therapist's office. I mean, like literally he was like this. I'm sorry, but this child will never it can never come back here. Yeah. Like I, I broke him. You were banned. Oh yeah, I I I I kicked over I kicked over uh, uh uh his chair and then I threw a vase of flowers against the wall and smashed it and uh and then I told and then he had a picture of his 15 year old daughter and I just and I told I'm I'm I'll say I'll say it on here I told him I was gonna fuck his daughter in the ass when I, <laughs> I was 13 years old I was oh, wow. 13 years old and that's what I was telling somebody were you on medication yeah. 
Yeah. Which one? Wellbutrin. Sponsored by Wellbutrin. Yeah. <laughs> Wellbutrin will make you say I things that, that you will never regret. No, I yeah. mean, I that's that's literally like my whole thing was if I'm going to feel this miserable, then everyone around me is going to feel this miserable. Yeah. And now I'm the exact opposite of that. Whereas like, no, I need to spread happiness where I go and lift people's day up and try to find them, give them a moment where it can break their, whatever reality they're in for a day. Like I go the exact opposite way now. Cause I spent so much time living in that world of just darkness and anger that now I'm like, well, how can I make up for lost time? I also think like as you get as we get older, it's kind of a tool you develop where or skill where those thoughts come in, those like evil, dark thoughts. And for me, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to let them pass. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you're here again. Like, I don't need to honor and give all that energy to the darkness as much as I did when I was younger. But that's just something you develop over time because we, you realize more often than not that that just is a perception thing. It may not be actually like what is happening. Oh, yeah. And, I kind of, you know, I think about it like it's like a roommate that you're, they're not your friend, roommate. but you live with them. Yeah. And so you're in the, you're in the, you're on the couch watching a movie and you hear them come in and they're just like, well, uh, uh, you know what? They're just getting something from the fridge. I don't need to acknowledge them. Like, just let them go. I'm yeah. going to keep watching my movie. Like, they're, I'm enjoying And they this. don't even pay rent. You know, no, they don't. And they walk around in their underwear and you're like, bro, put a shirt Dude, on. Dude, they're squatters. They're yeah. on a mattress on the floor, no headboard, wearing the same clothes like multiple days in a row. Yeah, you're like you're unemployed and you're out here talking shit about me. Seriously, <laughs> depression, get your shit together. That's what I'm saying. So um, do you do you still take medication for it? No, I haven't taken medication in many years oh, for wow. it. I'm way, honestly, like I don't want to say I'm, I'm by no means am I cured yeah. or am I past it, but- I would say 90% of the time I'm in a pretty such, good, I'm in pretty good mood. I came off my medication. How long ago? When I was 20, um, 24 and I'm 32 now. So I've been medication free for that amount of time. I just smoke weed and I exercise. Yep. I definitely experience depression and comedy. And I, and I definitely experience depression around my cycle but again, like though I'm so aware of it that I'm like, okay, this is why I'm experiencing experiencing it. Here, here are the things that I'm grateful for, and like my gratitude list. Yeah, like, that you shit. Know. It's so cheesy, but that shit helps so much. And honestly, like, the exercise, exercise oh, fights all. It. Like I haven't exercised in a couple of days, and I like was I had the worst mic today. Like I just I've had the worst attitude these past couple of days. But I know why. It's happening and that's because I haven't been able to get to the gym, but that's because I'm on my cycle and like I'm down about that. But it's all, you know, I'm managing it. Like yeah. I'm trying to be kinder to myself. These, But you feel stuff. sluggish and weird and the last thing you want to do because your brain is like, oh, don't you feel like shit? You don't want to exercise. And you're yeah. like, no, but if I do it, I'm going to feel so totally. good afterwards. Totally. So I, I give myself a couple days and then I like get back on um, the horse or whatever. But yeah, I think for me, is that how you exercise? You fuck yeah, a horse? A horse. That, yeah, That's that makes me. sense. It's, uh, say, you know, save money on a membership. Fuck a horse. <laughs> we don't need Isn't e that the song. No, <laughs> we need e no, we don't need Equinox. We need Equestrian. <laughs> yeah. you know? We need Equus, not equi I love Equinox. It. Equinox. There you go. Um, yes, it's a new meaning to equine therapy. So yeah, I um, I came off of it when I was 24, and I feel so much better. That was another thing. That was like something I needed to prove to myself that I didn't need to rely on these 
medications that never made me feel any better. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just trusted myself and gave it a shot because I was like, well, I'd rather try it and know than always wonder. For sure. And I think that's, I think that's a good thing to do. I mean, I think so many people, they're like, you don't understand. I'm so reliant on my medication that I, there's no way I could function without it. And I think about like, I understand why you feel that way, Yeah, but these medications have only been around for what, 30 or 40 years. Totally. So in the entire history of time, if you had depression, that was it. You're just a fucked person forever. I don't believe that that that's true. And I think there are definitely people found ways to pull themselves out of it throughout the history of time. But now we kind of have a shortcut to pull ourselves out of it and it makes it really easy. And I'm not going to yeah. say people don't need pills because some people definitely, definitely. do. Um, I yeah. Just, like I'm never going to say you, I'm I'm not, I'm not a doctor and I'm never, I'm, I, I never wanted this podcast to be like an advice, uh, you know, place more of like a comfort seeking, you know. Yeah, it's desk, a sanctuary. You know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for those who are, you know, experiencing similar um, situations. But I also think that it's important to challenge, you know, these ideas and to talk about these hard things like medication, thinking about coming off medication. Like I'm very much, if you are considering it, go to a doctor. That's how I did it. I talked with, you know, my doctor and, and he gave me the proper way to taper down. So yeah, you, I wouldn't you have any, you should never just stop cold yeah, turkey because and then there's side effects. Don't that stop you cold turkey. Control. I was in therapy. Like I, I had a plan and that's the most important thing is I think you need to have a plan. Um, but I'm so glad I did it. And I'm also very glad that I trusted in myself because it also that helped my self-esteem too. like the medic taking medication was like a really big hit on my self-esteem um, just because of the stereotypes and the stigmas that we put on mental health. Sure. And you, um, all of a sudden you feel like, well, if I need this thing, then who am I? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I get and that. then also like weed just helped me so much. And I just knew that um, I felt so much better smoking weed. And that was um, despite how most people around me felt I needed to trust my gut. Yeah. And has that been a similar experience? Oh yeah. I mean, of all, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for, for drugs and taking drugs responsibly and for allowing yourself to, you know, um, change your brain and the chemistry in it from time to time to explore who you are. I'm very much into that stuff. But I always say like, as much as I love so many drugs, the number one I always go back to is weed because weed is one of those things that it's always been there to just calm me down, make me laugh and with no, really no side effects to what's, you know, I'll smoke weed. I'm not, I don't wake up feeling like shit the next day. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's one of those things where it's just always, it's always kind of been there. Like I've smoked since I was 14 and I've taken breaks here and there and been, and been totally fine. But in the end, I just find that I function better as a human when I have a little bit of weed. Um, you know, your parent, did they ever give you a hard time about it? Yeah. Well, because I was fucking up so bad in school, then they found I was smoking pot. So then all of a sudden they're like, well, that's not good. Like you can't, you can't do both. If I was getting straight A's and doing all these extra credit assignments and I was like, Hey, I got a 4.5 GPA. I'm president of the math club on this and this, and I'm getting fucking bong rips every day. Like they'd be like, (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah. But instead, I'm like, oh, I'm skipping school. I'm failing classes. I'm not doing my homework. And I'm smoking weed. Yeah, so they're like, know. nope, you're not doing that one. <laughs> so I think I, I think if you give yourself, that's the thing is like you can't allow, you can't allow weed to control you, right? You can't allow it to take over your brain and not allow you to take up your responsibilities and do your work and things like that. You have to be a responsible drug user. And I try to... Uh, uh, infer that to people all the time is like you can take drugs in a very adult way where you allow yourself to even get you know there's nights when I'll candy flip and you know do special K on top of that and still smoke weed and like I'm put like what's candy flip candy flip is when you do acid and molly at the same time okay hippie flip is mushrooms and 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 you uh, like mushrooms I like I like I've, all of I it. I fell in love with them. I like all of it. The thing is, I have things on my there's there's a lot of things on my no list. No crack, no heroin, no PCP, no no needles, no nothing. Like there, I have a lot of things on my no list. But then I found that in the right dosage, I can mix a few different things in my body together and have a plethora of beautiful experiences and unforgettable evenings. Although I do often forget them. So, <laughs> but I know they were unforgettable at the time. I know Amazing. I was having the best time ever. But yeah, I just. You know, I've never been fired from a job. I show up on time everywhere I go. Yeah, no, I mean, always, always. But that's the thing is like, so like, that's what, if you don't allow drugs to control your life, if you use them to enhance fun instead of using them for a crutch, my one biggest rule about drugs is I am not allowed to do drugs because I'm in a bad mood. Right. No, if I'm sad or if I'm angry, I am not allowed to do drugs. Drugs are only there to make an already fun situation. Slightly more fun. Right. Yeah. How do you handle dark moments then? Um, I, so I have a few different things. Uh, I, um, I, uh, my pugs help a lot. My dogs help a lot. Um, I slack line, you know, it's like a, like a tightrope walking. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very nice meditation for me. I read, um, I try to re- I try to always have a book that I'm reading of some, of some different kind. Sometimes it's a self-help book. Sometimes it's a novel. Sometimes it's a biography. It doesn't matter as long as I have some sort of book and I do meditate for about 15 to 20 minutes a day. Um, and I just take the time to go sit quietly, go inside, listen to my breath, and just give myself positive affirmations and just stop thinking about everything. Cause I think my brain's always going a million miles an hour. And if I can just take the time to myself and, you know, put my phone on airplane mode, put it for 15 minutes for a very quiet alarm. And then I'll just sit there. I find myself very calm throughout the day and comedy helps a lot. Having somewhere to put my energy when I'm angry. Like if I get upset, I'll be like, well, let me write about why I'm upset right now and I think that helps a lot but honestly I think the biggest thing is acknowledging it yeah. people people, they're like I can't be depressed today I have a meeting and I have yoga and I gotta pick up the kids it's like no you can totally be depressed today yeah. and if you escape it and if you try to run from it you're never gonna actually confront it so if I just sit by myself on the floor for 15 minutes and go like hey you have a lot of people that love you. Think about all the people that love you. Oh, your family. Oh, there's your friends. And then right. think about all the cool things you've gotten to do and think about all the cool things you're going to do. And you're like, there's so much motivating me to be the best person I can be that I can't allow the worst parts of me to come out and interrupt what could potentially happen. Right. Yeah. Cause that's what depre- depression, anger, all those, all that negativity, it's all just there to fuck up your day. Right. right. And if I go, Hey, 
I live with you, but you don't pay rent here, so you can't be here right now because Mr. Rainbow's coming in and he brought cupcakes. And right. I'm just like, I'm going to hang out with that guy. And, um, wow, that's, that's kind of, but like, that's, that's what most people don't even learn how to do that. So it took me years. It took me forever to learn. I mean, this is literally like all that stuff is within the past couple of years that yeah. I really got myself to a place of self care. Like you said, it's so important. And we spend so much time trying to go as fast as we can and take care of others. And I just learned that like, I can't take care of anybody until I'm happy with the person that I am. Yeah. And I don't get upset when I look in the mirror. I used to look in the mirror and go like fucking ugly fuck, you know, yeah. whatever. And now I look in the mirror and go, nope, oh, that's your face. That's what you look like. <laughs> I told somebody last night, they're like, I'm getting older. I hate it. I was like, no, like you have to embrace that you're getting more beautiful because more life has been absorbed in you. And also like life is just such a gift in itself and to experience it and to be able to grow old is like such an opportunity. And yeah. that's like the way that I'm kind of trying to look at it. It's like you're not growing old. You, you just get to experience this cool, you know, journey. If you do life right, yeah. everything, everything compounds on each other. So every all the good experiences and all the th work you've done and all the things you've been building will all add up together. And things are only going to get better and better and better as time goes on. That's where the, in your career, with your relationships, if you have kids, like obviously and things like that, like you're going to everything should continually be getting better in some form or another, because all of your past experiences are adding to this thing that, that this that you are now. So if I think about like my career and what I've done in the first 10 years of it, and then I go, whoa, if I did all that in 10 years, what's going to happen at 30 years? Right. You know, like how could I possibly not do the work and miss out on what I could become? Yeah. Because I still don't know what I'm going to become, but I very much like the direction that I'm going yeah. in, you know, like the road is there. I don't know where it leads, but like I fucking, I like what's on the other side of I it. I feel like you're kind of my spirit animal. <laughs> Like I feel like we view things like similar ways. I so hope so. That's good. I mean, that's why it's, th it's validating, though, because like I truly do feel that once you're doing things the right way, like the universe rewards you. One hundred percent to see you succeed. Yeah. You know, and like that's why everything in your life has happened the way it has. The ups, the downs, the in betweens is because it's preparing you for that moment when you do get to that place of okay, you're in the right place. Yeah. You know? And I have found that time and time again that if I let go and I and I and I stay patient, um the it just it keeps coming back. The yeah. universe does take care of people that kind of like allow themselves to just be a part of it and flow through it and not fight the things that are happening. I got in a car accident yesterday and it was fucking my fault. And it's been years since I've been in a car accident. I, I saw someone I knew on the street and I looked over at the sidewalk for a second and then I rear-ended the car in oh, front of no. me. Right? Sucks. But I took you take a moment and you go, fuck. I wish I hadn't done that. It's going to take some time out of my life. And then you go, but you know what? At least I'm okay. At I'm okay. okay. And I'm, and I'm successful enough that this will not really affect me in the end. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to pay money for this car accident and that money will be gone. And I'm really barely going to get it back. And it, it's going to come back. That's the other thing. So like this whole year, I'm so glad you said that because this whole year, uh, I've been thinking like, don't worry about spending money on that. Yes. It's going to be expensive right now, but guess what? It's, it's going to come back. Yeah. It's all going to come back because as time goes on, you're just going to make more and more money through comedy. Like you more. And, and just as I, I haven't been making money, more money every single yeah. Year I'm watching the upward trajectory, so I go. Don't 
you have that money right now. Don't be afraid to spend a little bit of it because it will come back. Yeah. And it always does as long as you don't stop working and looking at the bigger picture of what you want your life to be. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Always. You know, the second you stop treading that water, you're going to sink. But mm-hmm. if you just swim and like just splash around and splash the other people that are in the pool and try not to take a shit in it because then we all have to get out of the pool. Uh, the worst. Or drop glass. Oh, yeah. For or sure. Pee. Just don't do any. <laughs> of those things none of those things please um well thank you so much for coming on and that was having my absolute pleasure this conversation with me i know like you said your podcast goes for 90 minutes which i'm so looking forward to being a guest on and i think you are right because i'm like oh we only did 40 minutes and i have so many more questions and things i want to i could and would dive in with you um about but where can people find you follow you follow you learn so, more about you easiest place to go is hoopercomedy.com h-o-o-p-e-r comedy.com there you can find all of my social medias which are at hooper hair puff you can find my podcast you can watch clips of me you can see tour dates you can see pretty much everything any way you want to find me is going to be on hoopercomedy.com and send me a message through there. And also pictures of the pugs. Too. And there's a lot Magical of Magical pictures. Yeah, pug yoga pictures are on there so and funny. all kinds of little silly things. And yeah, and listen to Achilles Heel, everybody. Uh, that's my podcast. We And we dive into uh, whatever fucks you up the most as we dive in every single week. And Rachel's going to be there talking about depression. And I can't, in 40 episodes, no one has chosen depression as their main thing. I thought that was going to come up in the first I was. Three scrolling through and I was like oh my god how is this not right and I was like okay well I'll take it it comes up all the time but no one's actually chosen to focus on it so I'm glad that that's where we're gonna go because we're gonna talk about some real dark days and we're gonna giggle our asses off I'm so excited yeah um well Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chronic Relief. Again, um, use the promo code Chronic Relief at Kush Queen uh, checkout. Um, as always, our sponsored or sponsored. I'm gonna roll this again. It's <laughs> always our podcast is sponsored by Kush Queen. Follow them on Instagram at Kush Queen Co. at Kush Queen Shop. Um, and as always, you can follow me at Wolfie Memes at Wolfie Comedy. And thank you so much. This has been another episode of Chronic Relief. <laughs>